0: Welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Alright, here we go. Isaiah 58, we're just going to recap. We're not going to do um, one to six. Um, we're not using any of the scriptures from, that, I, that I did, um, that I prepared and Mitch typed up, spent hours. Um, no, he didn't spend hours. But we're not using any of them. So there's nothing on the screen today. Um, Isaiah 58, we're not going to do one to six like we did to kick off um, our others theme, our laying down our lives down theme, and our fast theme. We're just going to go from verse 6 to 12, just to set a bit of a foundation today. And it's just going to be a great message. Isaiah 58, 6 to 12. Context is, um, Israel is perceiving that what they're doing is good, and God's saying, hey, I just want you to, re- I want to show you a mirror. I want, I want to show you a mirror. Like, you're thinking... we're we're okay, we're thinking, we're close, you want everything that I'm about but like things aren't adding up and you're thinking that I want something but I'm actually not wanting that. Like I would like that, the fasting which you are doing, the sackcloth, um, the the not eating for the one day Um, but I've got some problems because on that day that you're consecrating for me, you're arguing amongst each other and slandering each other and offending each other and avoiding each other and talking behind each other's back and it's just not okay. Like you, you're perceiving a part of me that you like but you're not actually perceiving at all which the whole full counsel of God, the Word of God, the Old Testament, New Testament and the whole beautiful scriptures all laid out is life to you, not just parts. And I want to encourage you now with the fast that I want. So if you just listen, I want to explain to you guys, your heart's good, but there's some missing, and I, and I want life for you, so I'm going to address it, and I'm going to show you what kind of fast I want. This is it. Is not this the kind of fasting I've chosen? To loosen the chains of injustice. If you agree or think anything's cool today, why don't you say something and untie the cords Of the yoke and to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke. This is the kind of fast that I'm interested in, God said. Is it not? Is this is not the fasting that I'm interested in? Is it not to share your food with the hungry? And to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to actually clothe them and to not turn away from your own flesh and blood. And then he backs it up and then he explains when we lay our lives down for him and what matters to him. Tell me what moves you, God. We want to live to please you, God. Tell me what moves you. When we live with his perspective and not just what we think, life comes and then promises come. He said, this is the fast that I want. Like, I couldn't care less about your sackcloth and ashes and not eating for a day. Go and clothe the homeless. Let let justice and grace and mercy flow like a river. And then promises are gonna show up in your life. It's this beautiful thing of, of giving out and then receiving back, and you can't lose for winning. And then he says this, and then he goes, Then your light will break forth like the dawn. Come on, yeah. and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory, come on, the weighty presence of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression and the pointing finger and malicious talk and you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness. It keeps going. And your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs. He'll strengthen, wow, your frame. You will be, man, this is the promise. You will be like a well-watered garden. Who wants to be a well watered garden like a spring whose waters never fail and verse 12 closing this out your people will build the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations you will be called a repairer of broken walls a restorer a restorer of the streets and dwellings wow, this is not a you suck message. This is not you're a worm message, you're nothing message, you're no good message. This is a, hey, I made this whole thing up. I made you. Out of my heart, I spoke everything into being, including You, I breathe the breath of life into you. I know everything about you, the way I set up everything. Old Testament and New Testament is that you and I can be close and you can live in abundance and fullness. Abundance and fullness doesn't mean that everything's always perfect, of course. But he is so for us. Religion demands, but Jesus invites and enables Religion demands, you do this and you do it on your own, but Jesus invites and enables. He gives us the ability which we didn't have before and we know that that word is grace. But the promises here are incredible and I love the promise of God, but I, I'm also aware of the responsibility on my part of the promises of God because all the promises have a part A and a part B. He wants us invited into a part of the promise so that we get to share in the fruit and the outworking of the promise. He wants us to be encouraged to acknowledge the promise, to acknowledge Him, to, to, to make some great choices with the aiding and the enabling of the presence of God and then to watch the promise unfold and then actually walk in it and then have solution and breakthrough for other people, and so the story goes. It's a beautiful, kind, incredible story that he's brought us into. Are you OK? Yeah. He promises for those that give up their life, for him and for others, life. Yeah. His promises in there, then healing will come quickly. Your light will shine. You'll repair broken cities. I've asked some big questions. Over February, March. I mean, I'm sure there's some easier places to attend on a Sunday morning that aren't going to ask you, and that's not having a crack. But I'm just aware of what we're going after, and I'm aware that sometimes it's not easy. Oh man, he he wants me to he wants me to pray for the person next to me, and believe they'll get healed. He wants me to he wants me to yes, amen. He wants me to hear from the Lord for myself and tell them something that no one else could have known. He's asking me, have I laid down my life? I thought that was just a one-time deal with Jesus when I got saved, and then it's all sweet. No one's going to ask me that confronting question again. Have you laid down your life? Are you living for purpose or pleasure? What's the point of your life? (laughs) These are massive questions. They're really big questions. But I feel, as I said, that God's just opening up this, this element, this Philippians 2 element of, of laying our lives down for him and what does it look like to lay our life down what what are some areas that we're actually going no no i'll create my own happiness in this scenario i, I want to hold on to that that comfort that security i, I want all i want it all in a nice neat boxes so i can control it and i i, I love that it's way easier But he's opening this up for what we're believing for. He's he's causing us to come. He's he's inviting us into becoming the people that can handle the dream. In our hearts personally, but corporately. He's preparing us. He's guiding us. He's kindly renewing our mind. In his kindness, he's renewing our mind so that we can become the people that can handle the dream. Because the dream will bring life. And we think that we can hold on to hold on to our life so that we'll find it. But Jesus said, it doesn't work that way in the kingdom. I get that you can't see the full picture, but would you trust me? And can we swap lives? Because I'm, here. you're hidden in me. You were co-crucified with me. And if you truly believe it and truly give it up, it'll be a lot easier to lay down your life when you realize you're dead. I want to talk about Elijah and Elisha. Wow. Aren't they great? Oh, Elijah and Elisha. If you've never read 1 and 2 Kings, do yourself a favour. Just phenomenal stuff. I didn't write the Bible. I'm not trying to sell it. Um, Actually, a copy of my... No, no, well, I won't go there. But Elijah and Elisha, absolutely love them. What a story. I mean, we're talking about Old Covenant, Old Testament people with the Spirit of the Lord that only came upon them. We know that now we're you know, indwelling, res- uh, re- whatever, homes of the presence. It's indwelling. But then he also comes upon us and remains. So we've got the presence in us remaining and on us remaining. And that doesn't change, but this continues to grow, the upon. But in the Old Testament, the only thing that grew was the upon. So Elijah and Elisha, Old Testament, presence upon. Wow. And we're talking about, like, miracles. Yeah. I just want to read out a couple of miracles. Elijah, like, causing the rain to cease for three and a half years. Stop raining. doesn't rain. James even says in James 5.16, Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did yeah. not rain. Right. <laughs> and then James encourages that. You're just like him. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. James 5.17 so even James acknowledged what, what a cat Elijah was, the miracle man Elijah. He, you know, he was, he was supernaturally fed by ravens. You know, the miracle of the barrel of meal and the, the, the cruise of oil. The resurrection of the widow's son, calling down fire. You know that story, Mount Carmel. I think it's, um, I won't guess, 1 Kings 17, I think. Um, oh, yeah, it is. It's written there. Um <laughs> Um, um, calling down fire from heaven on the altar. Like, he's just there, and he's like, all right, prophets of, to, to, however you say it, Baal, 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 whatever. Um, it's not whatever, but however you say it. And, and, and they're, they're, they're in this sort of dance, and, and he's saying, you know, let's call down fire, and whoever consumes, my God's going to consume the sacrifice. And, and he's just there, confident of the miracle working power of God, and we see, you know what happens. Um, just prophecies, incredible things. He he tore down the rule and reign of Ahab um, and, and Jezebel, his wife. You know, it was just an incredible, incredible thing. Oversaw that, calling fire down from heaven upon 50 soldiers. I mean, this is obviously pretty intense stuff. Um, but the parting of the Jordan River, wow. Prophecy that Elisha would um, take a double portion and being caught up in heaven in a whirlwind with... Horses on fire. I mean, come on. I mean, it's challenging to believe it, isn't it? I mean, you, you can say, "Yep, I believe every part of the Bible." Yep, I truly believe everything, absolutely everything. I mean, this this cat Elijah was a heavenly chariot that was led by fire horses. And didn't die but was taken up to heaven I mean what's a fire horse <laughs> like it's 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 not a real horse it's a fire horse like you, I mean I can't even imagine what that would have been like I mean this is Elijah like Enoch didn't die where's Enoch <sighs> prophesied like out of you why not Elijah didn't die was taken up and that was been my prayer from a little bit God don't let me die Like divine health, till I die and just take me. Why can't I pull on promises? Anyway, that's another message for term three. But then we see Elisha. So I I believe about 16 odd miracles from Elijah that are documented. But then we see Elisha on the scene. Wowee. Elijah, what a guy. Elisha, far out. Love this guy. Be encouraged by this guy. We, we start this. Oh, where do I go? Oh, man. All right, we'll go here. Mm. I want this to be eloquent for all you, but I'm just, there's so much in this, and it's going to be so good. Elisha. There's a powerful scripture, Okay. So I'm pausing the, um, so the chariot and fire, the the fiery horses and the chariot, that's happened. And I'm going to go back to that scene leading up to that, when Elisha takes on um, the mantle of Elijah and receives a double portion and starts just being wild, right? So I want to skip that part, but go to his, just before his first miracle. So he has been anointed and Elijah has gone, and we will come back to that. But for now, let's just look at the first miracle of when he received the double portion of Elijah's spirit. Yeah? So there's, there's Jehoram. Um, there's that king ruling in that day. And the country's a mess. He didn't follow God. Evil. Things aren't working well. And the, the kingdom... Oh, that's funny. Kingdom. <laughs> um, the, the kingdom... <laughs> The kingdom and the, the rulers and the overseers are talking and like, we've got to sort something out because things aren't happening well. The land is cursed and it's, it's not doing well and we need some help. And then they're talking amongst themselves. Who's going to help? Who's going to help? Who's going to help? And then this is what happens. But Jehoshaphat said, is there not a prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And one of the king's Israel servants answered and said, "Yeah, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is here, who used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. And Elijah went and did. Elisha went and, with the presence and power of the Lord, decreed, and the whole country's water supply was fixed and made sweet." which brought production and life and, and blessing and abundance to the land. His first miracle. It's interesting that Jesus turned water into wine, but Elisha created bitter water into sweet and caused the nation to prosper. But a key point This Elijah guy was such an amazing man, but there was this guy, Elisha, and this guy did miracles, and this guy was hungry, and he was known, the rumours, the gossip, the innuendo, all this sort of stuff behind the scenes. Oh yeah, we recall him. There is Elisha, the, the, the man, the son of Shaphat, that poured water on the hands of Elijah. He was a servant. He sacrificed his life. And let's look at some of the miracles which Elisha did. As soon as he was anointed, he struck the Jordan River and it turned up on sides and he walked through on dry land. Healing of the waters, as we just mentioned, and the nation prospered. The miracle of the Oil jars, you know that, 2 Kings chapter 4, he said just keep them coming, there's going to be blessing and the the, the lady went out and oil as, as much jars as she could and when she ran out of jars, the oil stopped. Supernatural release of prophetic words that brought life, prophecy that the Shunammite woman would have a son, the resurrection of that same son because God doesn't promise something and let it die. Come on now. The blessing of the pot of poisonous stew that they said it'll, it's death in a pot. And he blessed it and it fed the, I won't say the nation, people. The miracle of bread, the healing of Naham, the, the king's official. He had leprosy. And Elisha said, sent his servants to go and heal him. Naham got upset that Elisha didn't go. But just like Jesus, my word is sent and it'll heal. Wow. So, this guy Elisha operated on a whole other level, and some scholars say that he did 32 miracles where Elijah did 16. It's interesting because he asked for a double portion. But the key element is he was known for pouring water on the hands of Elijah. Let's back up again to before the fire horses. So this is the call of Elisha. Are you ready? 1 Kings 19, 19 to 21. So Elijah went and found Elisha. Elijah went, pursued him, called him out because he knew who he was. That's the role of mothers and fathers. They see and they call up. Elijah pursued Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing a field. Say plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field and Elisha was plowing the 12th team. Interesting. Interesting. Jesus went out and started to call people one by one. How many did he choose? Twelve people. Elisha, Elijah. This powerful thing of Elijah operating in miracles. Jesus operated in miracles. Then he tagged Elisha, you're it. What did Jesus do to us? Tagged us, we're it. When you look at the life of Elijah and Elisha, you can see the life of Jesus and us. It's powerful. He was ploughing Twelve teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was ploughing the twelfth team. Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak, wow, across his shoulders and then walked away. Prophetic cat. I mean, come on. just We know what robes do. The, the cloak, prophetically, the prophets had a cloak. It was a sign of authority. It was, a, it was a sign of being a voice in the day. It was more than a symbol. There was power on it. And he walked away. And Elisha left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah and said to him, first let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye and then I will go with you. Elijah replied, go on back, but think about what I've done. The enormity of what's in your heart and what you just did. Elijah loves families. Jesus loves families. When Jesus said, unless you hate your mother or father, you can't follow me. The Greek is categorizing for hate, picking sides, prioritizing. So Elijah's not saying, hate your mum and dad, never see them ever again. He's he's highlighting the enormity of the call. It does not mean, I mean, if anything kingdom is happening that that causes um, rifts or tension or conflict or separation of family, it's not God. It's never going to be be out five nights a week where are just serving God and your family's suffering. No, 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 that's not okay. So Jesus and Elijah are both for pro pro-family, but he's highlighting the enormity of the call of God on each of us. He was highlighting it. He goes, you go back and realise what just happened because me throwing my cloak on you and confirming the things that have been put in your heart This is a life-altering moment for not only you, but for the world. And Elijah didn't even go into a big, long sentence about why, like what I just did. He just said, go back and have a think about it. And this is Elisha's response. So Elisha returned to his oxen and slaughtered them all. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast all of their flesh. He passed around the meat, what a guy, to the townspeople and they all ate. Then he went with Elijah and followed him as his assistant. Wow. There's so much happening. Elijah. We've got Isaiah 58, the promises and what the Lord's calling us to. We've got Elijah, we've got Elisha. We've been invited in to see the life of Elisha and the servant that he was. That he laid down his life. And we want all the miracles. We want the 32 miracles that Elisha did. I mean, Elisha was so soaked and drenched in presence and lived a life of miracles that few Old Testament people even so much so that when Elisha died and was entombed, that they threw a guy dead into the tomb of Elisha and the guy rose again. Do it again. Come on. I mean, just read that. But then we go, we want the miracles, God. And I'm the same. I want the miracles. I want my shadow to heal people like Peter. Whether it actually happens or it's just the the hunger in my heart, that, that gives me a great articulation and definition of what I want. But I'm hungry for it. I want to see it. And we celebrate miracles. And we know that Jesus said, And you will do greater works than I, because I go to be with the Father and release presence, which fills the body all the time. And I want the miracles. We want the miracles. We want the miracles. But often I don't and we don't actually understand what it takes to become a miracle man, a miracle woman. Salvation is free. Revival costs everything. We want the dream of, I don't want Tootle Road having traffic problems to cause pain for the community. So I say that with the dream of what could happen here. But that means there's 20 people out there guiding cars. <laughs> Salvation's free. But revival will cost everything. And this is not a message of you just better sacrifice and serve and give up your life and you don't matter. (laughs) It's not the way the kingdom works. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. His kindness draws us in and leads us to change the way that we think about him. Elisha was the epitome of serving and sacrifice. Jesus was the epitome of serving and sacrifice, and both walked in fullness of life. I'm just going to get this table down, and um, I'll call some friends up. Well, you know I don't like illustrations, guys, but I felt the Lord all over this, so I'm going to do it. All right. So let's get over the fact that I don't like illustrations, you don't like illustrations... Who does? Uh, Nah, some people do. Lee does. Um, Just wait one second, all right? Just got to not mess this up. All right, so. It's okay if they fall. Can we um, have some of these? That would be amazing. So good. So we want the miracles. <laughs> like I, I, I want to live a life that that pleases Him. I want I want Him. I love Him. I want I want to honor Him with my life. I want I want to please Him. But I, I know that He's proud of me and He loves me. And I want this life to represent what we have and what He has in mind because He made the whole thing up. I love Him. I. And I know you do. And I want the miracles. I want, I want to be that person who, who clothes the hungry, that, that leads the... Oh, cheers. Thank you. I want to be that person that clothes the hungry, that clothes the, the naked, that feeds the hungry. And, and I'm like, I've just been challenged. And yesterday, I was playing with Jude. And we were playing this. And I'm like, this is fun, Jenga. He had no idea the game. It was just build a tower and knock it over. <laughs> and that's awesome and that's fun. And I had my sermon all prepared today, so all that came out of this um, over a couple of hours yesterday. And I just started just, just pondering, pondering it, pondering it and going... Okay, because Jude started doing this. He's just like this. Just like this, right? He's like, I'm just filling it all up. And, and, and as he was doing it, I started to think about God. And God said to me, these are, these are like scriptures. He started saying these are like scriptures. And, and, and he goes, all right, it's full. It's full. And he's walking around and, and, and then he's trying to jam these ones in. But it's not working. And he's getting super upset. Like, I don't know where his frustration comes from. Like, <laughs> so, you naughty finger. Like, like, just, I don't know where it comes from. Um, no, you come on, you know. It's, we're a beautiful combination that, that produce everything that they are. Um, the theatrics is obviously from Bella's Lee. Um, but he's like stuffing them in, and God's saying, this is, These are scriptures. This is the full counsel of God, these pieces. The container's your life. These, the, all these things are scriptures. This is, this is a scripture, that's, um, I'll give you, you know, delight yourself in men. I'll I'll give you the, the desires of your heart, wow, those who are hungry and hung thirst for righteousness, you'll be filled, um, blessing will be your inheritance, you know, you're going to lack nothing, wow, wow, there's a great scripture, it's really encouraging, and he's stuffing them in, and, and he's like getting to the point, he's like this, it's not working, because <laughs> he wants it in, he wants all of those in, because it's meant to be in there, that's our life, And all those scriptures that that are sitting over here aren't in. Why aren't they in? I want to read a scripture, Ephesians 5.10. It says, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. If my friends can come up. Aaron and Ken. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Jude was frustrated because he saw the container, he saw the picture, he saw how it came out, he saw the design of how it was all meant to work. And then he wanted to put it back together the way that he felt it should be put back together but he just stuffed it in with hand selected scriptures, hand selected timber and he was stuffing it in and got super frustrated that all the pieces weren't in there and it didn't work properly and he got to a point of saying it's just not working and he was so fired up because he had pieces just sticking out and there was another 15 pieces just sitting there and God's like this is what you do. I'm like, oh, please don't say that like that. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, sorry, that's what the church does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah you're, you're meaning the church, not me. Yeah, it's, no, no, this is what you do. You grab, the delight, you, you, grab the, you grab the scripture and you're so frantic and in a hurry and life can get full on and we're juggling beach balls under the surface of the water, trying to hold everything down and when we're filling our life with scriptures. But because we've got so much going on, I just want the good ones. I just want the ones that aren't harsh to me. I just want the ones that I haven't been burnt or hurt by through religion. I wanna pause them. I wanna talk about the judgment seat of Christ that Paul talks about, that one day I've got got to give an account for my life as a believer, everything I've ever done wrong, right or wrong is gonna be judged and he's gonna go through the list on that day face to face with Jesus I don't want to think about that it's too hard so that stays down there stays on the pile because I don't want to pick that up and I don't want to put it in my life but he, he says carefully determined what pleases the Lord I don't want to go I'm fasting sweet and in some other areas are just a mess I don't care I, I don't, I don't want to do that I don't want to perceive I'm doing something right and God going, can I show you a mirror? Because it doesn't feel like you're actually carefully like acknowledging all the scriptures that are meant to bring life to you, that that are meant to be like carefully stacked and read and absorbed. Come on now. I don't really care if it doesn't work. I mean, you get the picture anyway. Um, Good on you, As. See, now I'm just trying to make it work and and it's not working. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. And when we do it carefully, when we take the time to go, you can show me a mirror, God. Like, I want to let you in. I want to lay down my life for you and exchange life. I wanna let others in. I wanna be that person that helps people. I love Penny's um, fast. I'm not sure if everyone read it. I think it was yesterday. But it broke down the details of I wanna lay, out, lay down my life enough that what if someone called me and needed a two-hour chat on a Saturday on my day off? and just go through a list of things that we're challenged with on a practical level because we can say it on an altar. I give it, we, the songs said I was so powerful and so deep. But what I want to encourage, like to carefully determine what pleases the Lord, that all Scripture articulates and defines who He is. And when in our Madness and exhaustion and chaotic lives on the fly, just stuff some in, and then run out the door. And quote the good ones that make us feel good. And pause. If the identity message doesn't go ahead of every other message that we ever preach, then we've got to pause what we're preaching, or what you're what you're absorbing. And and identity's always got to go ahead. So we never leave the identity message of who you are to Him all the time. That He's never had a bad thought about you ever. Ever. That's got to go ahead of everything we ever teach. So if you haven't heard that message and you hear this message, religion and the enemy will suck you back in to burden, pressure, you must. But if we realise that we're actually dead to our old life and alive to Him it's a lot easier to give up our life but I don't want to just on the fly stuff the scriptures that I love in and run around and then wonder why it's not working and then frustration comes I'm not happy I'm a believer and they set on the altar call fulfillment I had a God shaped hole now it's fulfilled. And now I'm right with God and I gave my life to Him because the guy said it and it was great. Why am I feeling like it's not working? (laughs) And I feel like the Scripture is going to be really powerful for us and it's going to tie in really good as we close out this theme leading into Easter. It's like all all Scripture is God-breathed. Timothy. All scriptures God-breathed, God-inspired. It's useful for teaching, for encouraging, correcting, rebuking. It's, all, it's good. We can just quote, it's good for strengthening, encouraging, making us feel good, sweet. But it's also good for discipline, correction, rebuking. It's the full counsel of God. It's life to us. The full counsel of God, the full Bible, the Bible, the Old Testament, New Testament, put together with the context and the fulfilment of Jesus, His perfect theology, Articulates and defines who God is. Let's stand to our feet. Wow. I thank you for our life. Yeah, I, I thank you, God, that you've highlighted today that we can we can go after. The miracles, the, the the life of extraordinary breakthrough, and just being kingdom, and and signs one as miracles, and and all the stuff. But I thank you, God, that behind the miracle man Jesus, behind Elisha, was a life of sacrifice and serving. We know what you did, Jesus. You humbled yourself, became a man, gave up your divinity to model what we could live like. And verse ten in. Philippians says, and because of that, because he humbled himself, God exalted him. Because of Elisha, that he burnt the plough, that he slaughtered the oxen, that represented his old life. He killed his old life and he followed Elijah and didn't let him go until the horses and the chariots came and the mantle came down from heaven and landed on him and he received the double portion and lived out the call of God. And my question, my last big question for this theme is have you burnt your plough? Have you laid down your life? Are you living for purpose or pleasure? And the last question is have you burnt your (laughs) plough? Because you've got a call of God on your life. And we hear that maybe in a large room or a preacher says it. You've got to call the God on your life. But what the heck does that mean? You've been wired, designed to live out, to teach, to model, to demonstrate the kingdom everywhere you go. In the workplace, in the doctor's surgery, in the massage place in business in the Uber in the manufacturing plant in the mechanic shop in the counselling in the logistics in the analytics in the IT at home with your kids at home looking after parents grandparents sisters, brothers, mothers care church wherever it is whatever age you are you were put on the planet for a purpose and it's to exchange your life with Him, take up everything that He is and give it up. Give up your life and model love that He gave to you to everyone around you. So I thank you, God, that today you're doing something special. I thank you, God, that burning our plow requires a great amount of trust. And I thank you, God, that when we do, everything we ever dreamed of comes to pass. And we won't actually say it's not working. Of course, up, down, left, right, swirling all around, even in operating in the call, even seeing the miracles, even seeing the breakthrough. Of course, there's challenges and turmoil and tragedy and loss and pain. But it's not this thing in us that's saying it's not working. When all that stuff happens, we're actually aware that we're getting an upgrade. Because our perspectives changed and we believe all the Scriptures, those hard Scriptures. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds, knowing that it's doing something in us. Exalt in tribulations because it's proving our character and releasing hope.